Well, welcome everybody. We are so glad you could join us at the new version of Feel Good Fridays with Let's Talk. And of course, that's what we're going to do. And today our topic is continuing boundaries to avoid renewed burnout. And my name is Heather Janney, and I'm a County Extension Director and 4-H agent down in Florida. And my other host that is here with me today is... Hi, everybody. I am Nikki Crossan. I am the 4-H agent in Holmes County, which is with the University of Florida IFAS Extension. And I am glad to be here today and glad everybody that could join us is joining us. And we have a lot to talk about today. So yes, let's get thank you, Nikki. Exactly. So we've got some others that are part of our team that are here. And if you guys want to wave, we got Wando, we've got Amy, we've got Elaine. And I think that's everybody that's assigned to us. Casey was supposed to be here. And I think Mary Jo was supposed to be here, but they might've had other things come up. But us doing the continuing boundaries to avoid renewed burnout. We've got some topics we want to kind of bounce around. Any of those that are out in the audience, feel free to pipe in whenever you've got something you want to share too. Uh, But the first thing, let's go ahead and hit yours, Nikki. That was a great thing you had mentioned. Let's talk about rage quitting. So how many of you have heard about rage quitting in the news lately? Raise your hand if you've heard about it. Anybody heard about rage quitting? All right. Elaine has. We just started talking about this a few minutes before we got started, but um, I have uh, read a few articles and I've seen it on TV. Um, Rage quitting uh, seems to be the latest among some career professionals. And that um, is basically the meaning of where we have had uh, professionals some are um, young professionals, some are, are, are you know, career long professionals like us that have gotten back into the, um, their careers, gone back to work after being um, working from home um, during the pandemic, and then they are just completely overwhelmed. They get back into their jobs, going back to work from the pandemic, they're overwhelmed, they feel like they're now underpaid. Um, the demands are overwhelming. Their jobs are overwhelming. Uh, maybe the, the public demands of their jobs are overwhelming. And then instead of just giving a notice, they just up and quit. Rage quitting. They are tired of it. They're not weighing the consequences. They are just overwhelmed, burnt out, and they just up and quit. After career long um, professions, they just up and quit. They're tired of it. The pandemic has gotten to them. Um, I know that's a deep topic for us to start today with, but how many, how many of y'all felt that way? Most everybody, you you had those days. I know I have, Lord, don't tell the county commissioners here in my county that, but (laughs) it's one of those things that happens all the time. Sure. And even probably before the pandemic, we've probably thought a little bit about rage quitting, but we never even knew that it had a term. Um, But some of us have probably daydreamed a couple of times about rage quitting, whether it has been that situation, maybe um, it was a volunteer, maybe it was administration, maybe it was just one of those days where we felt like we didn't get anything accomplished. But rage quitting, where you just didn't turn in a notice and you just thought, I'm just going to head out that door and I'm just going to give up all these responsibilities because I'm burnt out. Um, So what what do we do about it? Um, How do we avoid that? Any ideas? I know one of the big ones was just say no sometimes. (laughs) Right? How hard is that? I was going to say that going from 
even though we were all very busy when we were at home and we're trying to keep our programs together and do virtual things, you kind of forget about all the time that it takes to do shopping for events and setting up for events. And I'm right in that now. And I'm like, you know, I, th- I still am happy to be in person, but I didn't, I don't understand like how I did this before, because right now I feel so overwhelmed and kind of, I'll be honest, maybe even a little bit resentful, like going from zero to a hundred. That's what it feels like. There was no transition. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, one of the things we, on, we made some notes to kind of guide us some today. And one of the things we even put down on there was whenever you're planning an event, if the event's three days, are you planning three days in advance to prepare? And then how much time are you actually planning afterwards? I mean, does anybody have any examples of ways that you maybe plan your calendar for those events? Okay, let's face it. How many of us have gone from one event, we just dropped it in a corner and we're running to the next event. I mean, we have those plastic bins where we've got all of the the supplies from the last event and we picked up the next bin and we're just running to the next event. We didn't document, you know, we've got the sign-in sheets, but they're still in the bin or they're still on the, the desk and it's piling up because we haven't had time to process that pile and we're already going to the next event. And then the next thing you know, our office looks like Something that should have been on the Hoarders TV show. That's why my background is blurred. You can't, or not blurred. So you can see the U.S., but you can't see all my other crazy right now. (laughs) And that leads to burnout, right? I mean, it absolutely lead to burnout. So how to, what can we do to avoid that? What can we do? I was just going to add that something that um, in the last 10 months or so, um, it's been really difficult in my county, and so I've really articulated. Sorry, I'm driving. I'm driving to Kentucky, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think keeping as scary as it may seem, keeping your supervisors in the loop of where you're feeling, um, and I think it's okay to let them know, and most importantly, let them know that you're burnt out, because maybe there's something that they can do to help you or um, whatever it may be, but just giving them a heads up, like, look, this is where I'm at right now, just so you know, um, and don't worry at our, you know, basically, I know we all have goals that we have to reach and things like that, but I think it's important if you're in communication with your supervisors and letting them know that you're completely stressed out and, hey, I may not reach some of these goals this year, so just to let you know, I'm trying my best, but due to everything else going on, it may not be feasible. Now, do you guys talk to your staff too and tell them? Because, you know, support staff are some of the ones that it's not that they judge us all the time, but sometimes their jobs aren't as flexible. So I know like in my office, because I am the director, so they have to know, but I'm very adamant about making sure they know, okay, well, Last night I was on a Zoom until whatever time. Saturday I did this. You get an email from me at 5.30 in the morning. You know I don't just leave here and do eight to five. It's not that way. They see me leave to go grab lunch and I might take 20 minutes to do that, but I sit here at my desk working the entire time through lunch break. So yeah, supervisors, but I think it's important to tell even staff in the office to know that too. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. Because um, a colleague in 
that I partner with Cam said something like to me that we both know we're busy because we're both extension educators, but we don't always know the level of busy that everyone has. And when she said that, I was like, that is so true because we all know our support staff are busy as well. But a lot of times we don't understand the stress that they're going under and vice versa. And so it has been helpful. And it's not that you need to share all the details that are going on, like whether it's like volunteer issues or things like that, but just letting them know like, hey, we're dealing with a lot of volunteer issues right now. So if you're emailing us to get something to you by a certain date, we'll try to get to it. But <laughs> this is like triage mode over here. So, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Uh, I like that term, triage mode. I like that. <laughs> That's a good one. And so I, Mary Heather said to go back to the calendar is making sure that you block your calendar. So if you have an event, make sure that you block a couple of hours after the event so that you can put uh, your supplies back up or, or have your program assistant help you put those supplies back up and file those papers so that it's not on your desk and you don't feel overwhelmed when you come back in on that Monday and you have to face it. Um, so making sure that you block those hours you need after your event so that you're not faced with it later because it can be overwhelming. And the more that piles up, the more overwhelmed you do feel. And then that burnout does start to come. And, um, and then eventually it makes you feel cluttered. And clutter does, we've had this discussion I forgot who the discussion, who the moderator was, but clutter does make you feel unhappy and dissatisfied. And the more dissatisfied you are when you walk into your office, the more unhappy you become with your job. And that does lead to burnout. So that's a good point that Heather came up with on your calendar. Well, and I tell you, you were talking about calendar, even like this week, for example, I had today and yesterday scheduled as annual leave and some changes in my world personally happened and I didn't take annual leave. But I didn't, well, this was already pre-planned. It was going into my annual leave day regardless. But <laughs> I went ahead and didn't schedule anything else. I ended up having to work on my packet again. I ended up having to do other things that I'm going to take annual leave actually for myself here eventually. But I still left my day open so that I wasn't just rolling through the stress, fighting battle after battle after battle. I had some catch-up time, <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. We all need that every once in a while. Yes, absolutely. And Karen says that talking about calendars, that she has a system. Uh, let me pull that chat back up. That um, Let's see. Karen says she has a system where she writes down her to-do list and then she prioritizes her task. Um, that's great, Karen. Um, I do the same thing on my calendar. Um, my task, um, of course, my calendar is color-coded. So if anybody wants me to share it, I'll be glad to do that. But my calendar is cal uh, color-coded and my task um, is an appointment every day on my calendar. Every day there's a task and it's purple. And so when you pull it up as an appointment, I list all the things I need to do that day or I would like to get done that day. And then I have a column that says pending and then I have a column that says completed. And as I complete that task on that day, I move it from the to-do list and I put it down under the column completed. So that way I can go back in 2019 on my Outlook calendar on that day and I can click and find it on um, what day it was completed or if it's still pending. That way you have a record as well, not a paper record, but you have an electronic calendar record on Outlook in your system, in your university system, so that you always have a record of where it's completed or on what day and what timestamp. So that way, if you ever need it for any record, you know it was completed or it's still pending. 
So that's my system. Everybody else has a different system. And if you have one you'd like to share, please share it because everybody has a different system that works for them and their brain. Um, but I have a terrible memory sometimes. So that works for me and it's color coded. I always know to go to the purple. My goodness, I wish I could be that organized. It's not about organization. It's about a bad memory. <laughs> that's why I, I picked it up a second ago. I have my little to-do list. Oh my gosh. I have my little to-do list. You can see all the little bullets and all the different things. And it is the right page. Yeah. <laughs> but the bad thing is that I do to myself is I keep skipping over the hard things. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll get to those. But <laughs> it's just something you have to plan, something you have to do. And, you know, whenever you're talking about that, you, you do like fair and you know how long it's going to take you to do fair. I know Elaine was bringing up her fair a while ago. And yes. it was... I know for fair, I have to schedule in my world. I can't do anything in our office for definitely the week before. And I really don't need to do anything the week before that. So two weeks before total so that I can have my mind wrapped around completely planning our booth, how we're doing things, how all the events are going, how all of it's going to come together. And I know that within my schedule, like we have a, a national conference, I've got to figure out how to fit that in too, because that's when our fair typically falls. So it's just a matter of scheduling those timelines and really sticking to them. I can't have a volunteer come to me and say, oh, well, I know fair's coming up, but we really want to do this the week before that. No, I'm sorry. I can't support that. You can do it as a volunteer, but I can't give you my time. So that's when you move into making them middle management and say, yes, you're in charge of that. It's all yours. <laughs> Nikki, tell us about, oh, go yes. ahead. Sorry. Jennifer, go ahead. I'm completely true. Like you said, you go on your list and you like think of hard things. But something that I've been really intentional about because um, we were back in the office for a while and then we went back and everything else just kind of switching back. And once we finally came back to the office, I was like, all right, we, so I specifically scheduled time on my Outlook calendar on Friday to clean my desk. And then I, in the beginning, I was like, you know, I was super good about it. And now I'm like, oh, I'm in the middle of this right now. I'll dismiss it. I, I need to finish this. And it's definitely, yeah. And then I've then, you know, at 4 30 and it's time to go home. And I'm like, I didn't even clean my desk today. Great. That's right. Go back and put it back on your calendar because it, it, obviously it worked for you. So go back and put it on your calendar. And that's something else we have on our list. How many of you actually have your personal days from here until December on your calendar? Do you have your personal days? I try to. I Mary Jo, try. you do good. I'm good. Proud Mary Jo does. Yeah. Anybody else have personal days from here until December on your calendar? Now I, I have to go in and doctor's appointments. Besides doctor's good. appointments, <laughs> any personal days, any personal vacation days, at least one a month, mental health days. Amy? Well, so <laughs> I actually have like specific ones each month, but I do, I mean, I, I do have events planned that I have blocked off. Good. good. Only if they are super important personal things, Karen says. So one thing as a mentor, I tell um, any of my uh, new mentees, I tell them three things. And one of the three things that I always tell every mentee is 
go ahead as soon as you get hired is get your calendar out for the year and at least put one personal day, not for doctor's appointments, but a personal day just for yourself at least once a month on your calendar for the whole year and do not change it. Do not say, oh, well, let me take that and, and I'll, I'll make an event out of it for work. No, keep that as your personal day. Now, I'm a hypocrite because I don't do it for myself, but I do tell my <laughs> sure they have one personal day just for themselves, whether it's to go to the beach or see a family member or go shopping, whatever, but their own personal day just for themselves to do something fun for themselves. Not grocery shopping, not paying bills, not going to the pharmacy, but just a personal day for themselves. Spa day, nail day, hair day, whatever. But um, make sure you do that. So when we get off the call, pull up your calendar and make sure you have a personal day once a month between here and December for yourself, um, because that's your mental health day. We all should be doing that, including myself, which I will make a sticky note now and I, I, when I get off the call. I like I like how you mentioned like mental health day. Um, we all have time. We all probably don't use all of our sick time of the year. I don't know what Mental health is no different than physical health. When you feel sick, you take a sick day. Well, if you need a mental break, take a mental health day and use your sick for that because mental health is just as important as physical health. So just keep that in mind. It, there's a tipping point where where if things are building up and if you can't diffuse that a little at a time, there's going to get the point where you're going to, to tip and there's no going back and you're going to burn out and do that uh, rage quitting thing. So, you know, you want to make sure you can address it before it gets to the point where it tips to where there's no going back. Because once you're, I know for me, once I sour, I'm soured. And I mean, I, I can forgive, 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 forgive. A, but then when I hit that wall and I hit that point and it tips, can't do it. I can't even make myself do it. Elaine, I bet you're a ballistic blue in real colors. Yeah, I'm a blue orange. Oh, I knew it. yes. I knew it. You're a ballistic blue like me. Very good. Ballistic blue. I like that. You like a that? Ballistic blue. ballistic blue. Ballistic blue. That's right. So everybody make a commitment to when you're um, done with the call, get out your calendar and at least take one mental health day. Saturday and Sunday does not count. Mm. In the story. Um, Monday through Friday. Are you able to hear me? Yes. yes. Okay. I wasn't there and I can't like see anybody. Um, my, I'm Anna. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm, um, my position is 80%. So I get one day off a week. Um, and what I figured out within probably the first year is like, I need to like put a day off every week. So like now I just have Fridays are always off, but sometimes like here I am on a Friday, but I took off Wednesday. So if I have something on a Friday, like I have to find another day around it that I have um, that I have to have nothing going on and I can take that day off. And occasionally that doesn't work, but if I see stuff far in advance and I like just avoid Fridays, that's good. So maybe when you're putting your monthly um, personal day on your calendar, just put it like on the first Monday of the month. And if something's happening that day, you have to find another day that month to use it, but it's just automatically there and just has to be moved if that day can't do it. I like that. That makes total sense. Yes. Thank you for sharing, Anna. That's great. That's good. And keep it up too. Definitely. When somebody a while ago said they did have their health appointments on their calendar, 
And that's one of the things that we wanted to make sure we brought up today was making sure you go ahead and do that in advance. No, Nikki and I were chatting about this yesterday and I could tell you where I'd, I'd missed certain health appointments for three years in a row. And that's not good. And it's, it's really something that you've got to take that priority and, or, well, you've got to make that priority of making yourself being the utmost first thing, because if you don't, then you're totally, your health's going to go downhill. And then you really are going to have problems with scheduling and time and all the doctor's appointments. If you get something health related, you're going to really be away from work a lot more than you had planned either way. That's true. And the saying goes, you can't help others if you don't take care of yourself first, which is common sense if you really think about it. And that, that's why when you're traveling on the airplane, they tell you to put your air mask on first. When the oxygen mask drops, put yours on first. Then you pick your favorite child and do that one next. <laughs> I didn't hear about the favorite child part. I haven't either. <laughs> I, had a, I had a flight attendant say that out loud. And I, I, I was like, pick your favorite child. <laughs> now you're making me excited to fly to national conference. <laughs> I just want to go and just hope, hope I get the attendant that's going to say that. <laughs> oh, I heard that 30 years ago, so I don't even know if he's still working, but he was a hoot and just made everybody relax and great. up there with uh, laughter and finding the humor and things and you know, because soon uh, we're all going to be required back into the office on a regular basis as of July 6th. So for some of us, that's going to be quite the shock. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Humor and getting back into the swing of things definitely needs to happen. So. Well, and so to add to that of getting back into the swing of things, are you going to sit there and think through everything you were doing online and everything you were doing in person? How are you going to add that stuff together? Elaine, do you have ideas of what you're going to do? You know, I, it's funny you say that. <coughs> we've done so many things that we want to continue online, like our junior explorers, because it's a great way to get kids to other countries and learn. Um, and we had talked about it in New Jersey doing step clubs and we've turned them virtual and I really like them. You can get larger numbers than you could in your county. So I am planning on, on folding them into what we do. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to go. Uh, stay tuned, but I am excited about doing both. So we'll, we'll see cool. goes. Well, we were talking before everybody logged in and we were talking about the fair and using QR codes. So I have a, one of the smaller counties in Florida. We're still a decent sized county compared to my previous county, but we had, we ended up and I, I blame our win. We won the national award for exhibit and with NAE4HYDP. And so I said, it was because we were one of the only booths across the nation that got to put it up. So whenever we put it up, we used QR codes all over the booth so that people could actually be in person and still get that education that if we were manning the booth, that they would be able to get it all. So now moving forward, I know that's something we're gonna include in everything. So we do a farm to table event at the same time. And our plan is to send the website we developed for it this past year, send that out to teachers and say, hey, go ahead and have your kids log in. Then whenever they show up on the day of the event, they'll already have the background and we can just add right. on to anything they taught. 
So work smarter, not harder. Yeah, I absolutely love that idea. So I can't wait to, to implement that, but it's going to have to be for next, next summer. And I tell you, I was on a uh, social media advisory committee meeting this morning, and they were talking about how we do all these events now. Why aren't we recording what we're doing in person? And then that way you can take those, reutilize them, and publish them in blogs, do a blog video, and then um, use all those scripts, um, kind of like we're doing today. Use the information and turn it into a podcast. So take all of that audio from the things you're doing in person, duplicate it so that you can reach an even bigger audience, but not having to redo it. So just use what you've already done. Yeah. Work hard, not smarter. Work, work smart. smarter, not harder. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I'd get it eventually. <laughs> it's Friday, everybody. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious. All right. <clears throat> so let's see. What are there some tips? What are some other tips? Anybody got any others um, to avoid burnout? What's working for y'all? Nikki. I was going to say, Nikki, you got to talk to us about the should. Don't oh, should well, yourself. Don't That's should yourself. Favorite. That is one of my favorite sayings. Um, so, um, of, of course, um, I was at a point of burnout a couple of years ago and uh, I did seek um, some some help, some some counseling. And one of the first things, because I was constantly saying, well, I should do this or I, I need to do this and I, I should do this or I, you know, I need to take this home and, and I should have done that. And so finally, um, you know, my my counselor said, you're always saying that you 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 should don't should yourself. And, and, I, and it hit me. I'm like a ton of bricks. I didn't realize I was saying it as much as I did. And so it stuck with me for forever. Don't should yourself. Never should yourself. And however you hear that, don't do either way. Right. I mean, <laughs> celebrate the little things. Um, I had a, a, an agent friend of mine. She, uh, she called me a couple weeks ago and she was so discouraged because uh, she, she said she's constantly leaving the office and she never feels like she gets anything accomplished. And she's a young agent. She's, uh, she's in her three years. And um, she was like, how, how do you get so much accomplished? And I'm like, I don't. And she goes, well, you, you, you know, you, you feel, you seem like you don't work at home, you know, after hours, it seems like you get so much accomplished. And I'm like, some days I don't, some days I don't get anything crossed off my to-do list. Um, and she said, well, how do you feel so happy or sound so happy? And I said, because I celebrate the little things and you have to in this job. You, if you don't cross anything off your to-do list for the day, but you still were busy, obviously you celebrate the little things. And she said, well, I didn't get anything on my, um, on my list crossed off. And I said, well, tell me what you did today. And she said, well, I, I spent the whole day talking to this one woman that came into the office uh, without an appointment. And then at the end of the day, she became a volunteer. <laughs> and I'm like, why didn't you celebrate it? You, you, just, you just recruited a, a great, amazing person to be a volunteer. I said, that's a major accomplishment. You celebrate it. You celebrate it. You celebrate the great things. Even if it's just one thing that wasn't on your list, you celebrate it. Don't should yourself. Don't ever should yourself because you have done something positive. And so she had to, to take a step back and look at it. So no matter what our to-do lists are, 
we've done something. We've always done something. Even if we just make an impact in one person by saying hello and making a person smile as they come in the office or answering the phone, and we've done something. We've always done something. Never There are some days where all I've done was clean out my office. And that comes after we talked about going from one event to the next event to the next event. And there are times when I've got three different programs worth of stuff laying around, either on my desk or on my chair. Everybody has a chair in their office, right? That becomes the makeshift shelf. Uh, Cleaning off that chair, it's a big accomplishment. And then I feel like I can tackle. And the the other thing, um, for those of you who have not been back a lot during um, COVID, when you go back, uh, plan plan to just like the first day, make it a half day and just reboot up your computer so that all the updates happen because you'll have months and months of updates that need to have happen. So that came down from our Dean as a... Uh, an approach. And I really like that. So, um, you know, I'm just going to take it one. And that's the other thing is one day at a time. Yes, the fair is coming. The program is coming. You know, back to school is my busiest time because I do teacher trainings. And those are eight hour trainings. And I can schedule two weeks straight of eight hour trainings every day. Um, And that's overwhelming to me if I think about the big picture. But if you think about it as a one day at a time, you know, or one one bite is a t- at a time. So you know, how do you eat an elephant? One, one bite. bite at a time. So you know, it'll be one bite at a time that I address this. And I'm trying not to think about it because there's so many things that you know we've got to get up and going again. Uh, but I refuse to get upset about it. Um, and the the other thing uh, we have we all know people who act like it's the worst thing in the world and you have to stop and say well you know who who died because of this you know because because you didn't get this done today you know who's not coming home to their family tonight well you know nobody well then you know does it really not that big that much uh gray space in your head so and sometimes I was going to say your mental sanity sometimes is much more important than making sure everything's perfect at your job. And I'm not saying this to be negative towards extension or any of our land grants, but if you were to quit, they're going to rehire that position within a month, maybe two, depending on if you're that good, if you're that good, it might take three months. However, (laughs) (laughs) it's going to, they're going to rehire and life will go on and your volunteers will find somebody else to volunteer for. And yeah, you're great. And all of us are great at our job, but we're not replaceable or excuse me, we are replaceable. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> yeah. So just kind of remember that of you do what you can do and make it the best you can make the best better. <laughs> Listen, um, my husband's uncle has worked for a company for 50 years. He retires this October after 50 years with the same company, 50 years. And I don't know if he's ever missed more than 10 days being sick in 50 years and then he's retiring and he doesn't want to but he's like well 50 years you know it's a milestone and I'm thinking it's more than a milestone <laughs> 50 years with the same company. Yeah. He, he started after high school there wow and, um, the boss came down the big boss came down and said so 
who's the guy that's retiring after 50 years? And, and he wow. met my uncle and he said, so how long have you been with the company? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, who's the guy that's retiring after 50 years? That's how much you're important to any organization. And I'm not, like I said, it's like Heather, I'm not downplaying any university, but you're replaceable no matter who you are. Um, that's just the way it is in life. Um, even, you know, 20 years with an organization, 50 years with an organization, we're all replaceable. Um, and we remember that our, our personal yeah. families, our health are more important than anything. And we have to remember that. So we avoid this burnout. And I my tell you, great, I, I was just going to say, my dad had a great test for this. Um, you, if you can stick your finger in a cup of water or a pool or a lake or something, um, and when you pull your finger out, the hole you leave behind is how much you're going to be missed when, when, like when you're gone or, or how fast it'll take to replace you. Yeah. Um, if you can leave a big hole there, then, you know, then you're good. But otherwise, they're, they're, that's how quickly you're going to be replaced. Uh, and, it, you know, I yeah, I spent a whole time of my childhood trying to, like, make a hole in water. And I, <laughs> you know, it's one of those wisdoms that get brought down through the generations without really understanding at the time what they meant. But it, it's a very reminder. Yeah. And so we need you. to celebrate our accomplishments. You know, we celebrate our accomplishments and we celebrate our successes and we celebrate who we are and what we do. Um, but we need to remember how important we are to our families, ourselves, our communities and keep ourselves healthy and, and not reach that burnout stage. That's that's important. That's what we were, we were talking earlier about telling your supervisor. I tell you, just uh, believe it was yesterday or day before I had a conversation with my district director. And I know a lot of you are moms or if you're like me, you're a fur mom, but I'm also a stepmother and I have, as of yesterday, an 18 year old. And so she's starting college. And so I took Friday off, took her to college orientation, had my first mommy moments in my life and it made me feel all special. But then I talked to my district director and he was fussing about getting a version of my packet, a final version for a promotion, and pretty much sounded like I should have had it to him yesterday, the day before, you know, that kind of thing. And I finally said, look, I said, I went to college orientation. I now have a stepdaughter, really, which I've had her for a while, but she's officially in our house, like there. So I said, you know, I, I'm kind of a mama now. <laughs> And I said, I do kind of have a life outside of work for the first time, probably in my career. So <laughs> I said, I promise it is very important to me. I know I will get it to you soon, but I need an actual date. I need an actual deadline of when you truly want it. Not just, oh, we've got time. I need a true deadline. That's how I function is I'm a procrastinator sometimes, but whenever I have a deadline, I know exactly when I'm going to make it happen and when I'm going to make it done. So getting those, those true determinants of what you need and what has to be done, that's how you can base your life and be able to say, look, I do have a life and I will make things happen. I will take my time whenever I need to take my time, but I will make my deadlines of the important stuff. Picking those priorities. Yes. 
and some more tools to um, make sure that we meet those deadlines um, for when the things start to stack up on us is to, and I'm sure we all do this, right? We delegate because we all like to delegate, right? Um, we're willing to give up that control. I know we, we all like to give up our control, right? <laughs> I've gotten better over the years. Uh, sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. And I'll be the first to admit, sometimes, you know, it depends on what the situation is. Um, but delegate, delegate, delegate. And who do we delegate to? Um, our volunteers. And I'm the first one to admit that um, a lot of times I, I underutilize my volunteers and my parents um, just because I, my philosophy is I will only ask you to do what I'm willing to do myself uh, because I, that's just how I grew up. And so um, one of the things on our list was, um, are we delegating enough? Are, are we asking enough of our, our parents and our volunteers? Are we turning over enough? And the answer is probably no. Um, so um, make sure that we are delegating what we can delegate or what we're willing to turn over. Um, reassess what you're doing and say to yourself, you know, can I delegate this to a volunteer? Do I have a, a volunteer that has these skills? Have I asked that volunteer or parent? Are they willing to do it? And the answer probably is yes, they're willing to do it or they would love to do it, but we haven't asked them. I have a volunteer, Miss Susie, and she is wonderful, very talented. But um, for a long time, I didn't even realize I didn't, I underutilized her. She's very talented, has wonderful uh, written and verbal skills, but I underutilized her. And when I finally realized just how wonderful she is at clerical and I asked her, she enjoys it. She, she's wonderful at it and she enjoys it. It gives her something to do and she enjoys spending time um, with me uh, when I was in the office. And uh, it just gives her something to do, uh, something extra to spend her time doing. So I underutilized her a lot. And um, so it helps. Um, so make sure you go back and reassess what you've got and what you can do and what you can ask them to do, because they probably would love to do it. And some parents as well. So um, delegate, delegate, delegate. It'll help you in the long run. So just do that reassessing um, if you haven't already. I tell you, I had a volunteer that is just a mom and her kids were wanting to get super involved and said, you know what, let's get you background screen. And then I can get you to, I don't know, be my too deep because in Florida, we have a too deep policy. And so anytime we have county council, even on Zooms, you have to have two adults. So it's always nice to just know that she's there. I can use her. And even the ones that aren't screened, that whenever you're having a club meeting, you could text one of them, call one of them and say, hey, I need some food. <laughs> I know you're a good cook at home. You post stuff on Facebook all the time. Will you bring some food for these kids to be able to eat? And it just helps so much for them to be able to do that. Yeah. Any other success stories you guys got um, to share as far as delegation that um, have happened to you? I know our Georgia volunteer specialist was on. I'm sure she should share something. Well, and I was going to say, I have um, a parent and leader that um, at County Fair was kind of like, um, besides my EPA program assistant, um, I, she was like my right-hand person. And so last year I was like, you know what, you like saved our bacon. I, I swear you probably worked 40 hours this week and we're going to pay you. I mean, I, I was just like, and this year we're just planning on, she's going to be on the payroll during fair. Um, her kids are getting old enough that they're graduating and move and going on. And I'm hoping that she'll continue to come back during fair and help. 
she's amazing. She knows. Yeah. Okay. Like, hey, can you go do this? And she already knows how to do it. It's like, wow, cool. That's awesome. Sorry that to call awesome. you out, Carrie. You happen to yeah. be here and I know your volunteer specialty. So I figured you could throw something out there quick. Yeah, I'm not even I, actually exactly sure what we're talking about right at this moment because my phone rang about five minutes oh, ago no. with a request. And so I was trying to hunt something down for an individual looking for, for corn, nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miss Carrie, so uh, Jennifer, and Jennifer says she struggles with this so much, but um, what we're saying is delegate. Um, so delegating um, some of our tasks that we we have um, to volunteers and or parents um, to try to get some of the off our plate and delegating. And um, we were trying to ask her some examples, some success stories. And Jennifer says that she struggles with this so much. So do you have any tips for us on how we can delegate some of our tasks to volunteers and volunteers, uh, volunteers and parents? How do we get that conversation started? Um, yeah. So I would suggest just looking at the big picture and if you had just um, an inexhaustible amount of energy and time to commit to your job, all that could be accomplished if there wasn't a matter of you needing to sleep or <laughs> re-energize yourself. And um, when you look at what all could be potentially accomplished um, with a, a big vision, I would say, um, you do have to recognize that you can't do all that by yourself, but instead looking at others who could help you along the way um, and acknowledging that, um, you know, while you might want to be in control of a lot of things, inevitably there are going to be some people though that are incredibly talented at things that, that you aren't necessarily talented in. Um, in noting that certainly extension agents and um, professionals um, do tend to have lots of talent. So I'm not trying to put anybody down in any kind of a way. Uh, but I will say that um, by recruiting volunteers and by, by selecting people who um, can also um, invest in your same vision because you've shared that vision with them um, and um, with enhanced communication, um, perhaps they can um, then help you reach your goal faster. And so with that being said, I think as you see progress and see those that can invest and help support you meet your, um, your big vision and big goals, perhaps you might be willing to delegate um, more. But all that to say, certainly without great communication though, things can flop really fast and you'll be sad that you try to delegate anything. So my tip would just be, um, having confidence in people, but also providing great communication with that. Okay, that's like great. That. Great. So some ways that I have done it, um, different ways to ask for help. Um, at my advisory committees, um, I have discussed some things, some events that are coming up, and these are the tasks that um, I have. Um, you know, uh, I've got some things that need to be cut out. Um, would anybody be, you know, any? do I have any takers that might be willing to cut out some of these shapes or... Um, you know, I have some, uh, some of these events are coming up. Would anybody be willing to man the booth for me? Um, you know, things like that at an advisory meeting, or um, sometimes I send out a mass email to my volunteers. Um, you know, I have some events coming up. Would anybody be willing to man the booth? Um, or if you know your volunteer volunteers on an individual basis, which I am a smaller county, um, so it's a little bit easier because I know my volunteers um, a little bit more one-on-one. -on -one. I'll send out a mass email or sometimes I'll send out an individualized email if I know my volunteers have um, certain um, abilities um, like clerical. 
Um, and I know that they can write um, really well, like letters or um, templates, things like that. I might send an individual email or I might, or I'll pick up the phone and say, hey, Susie, um, you know, could you write me a, a, um, a letter template um, and send it to me? Would you be interested in that? So it just depends on the situation and the task at hand. Um, but if you have um, like you need cutouts for sewing or um, whatever, then you could send out a mass email and say, hey, do I have any takers? You know, I've got the service project coming up and I need such and such, you know, 100 somethings cut out um, and mass emails might work. Um, that's that's what worked for me. Um, does anybody else have any examples? I just want to note how um, I hear all the great communication and I can already hear the amount of detail and organization that you have in these asks. And I think that's what's going to help you be um, really successful. I'm sure it does help you um, with delegation of these items. Yeah. So, so try those um, and I'll be glad to share those emails um, if anybody needs them. Um, but that worked for me. Um, well, I tell you, we were talking about delegating. Um, let's kind of twist that a little bit because let's talk about colleagues. So we all have that group of people that we love to work with, but do they work in the same program area or are you all covering you're in one program and you're covering 15 different subjects with that one program? That's fine. But whenever you get a group of people together that all specialize in the same area, uh, like think about the team that runs these feel good Fridays. We all specialize in different areas, but we still all have one common interest. So whenever we're offering these Feel Good Fridays, Nikki can say, I'm not free that day. But then the other 10 of us or how many ever there are now can say, hey, I can do it or I can do it. And we can still run the program and it still happens. Um, like Wanda and Nikki are both our co-leaders for the, the working group. But if neither one of them are available, we've still got the time. We've still got have the help um, from each other. And then thinking of another group that Nikki and I are on in Florida, um, just a couple of weeks ago, I had an agent reach out and say, hey, I know my video is due this week, but I am just overloaded. I cannot do it. Can you or the one that's the week after you swap with me? And I said, well, you know, if nobody else can do it, I'm sure I can make it happen because I have four H'ers doing the video for me. And so we kind of went back and forth and I, my video went early. The next guy ended up, his video was due. He wasn't able to get it uploaded. So we just had an open conversation where, hey, I did yours last week. Will you use yours this week for this person? And then we can move his to next week and all that twisted and, and everybody just taking care of each other. And that's kind of the groups I work in. I prefer all of us to take care of each other just because you can't accomplish everything on your own. That's why in extension, you do work with your colleagues. They know everything you know. All you've got to do is be willing to take care of each other and make things happen. So you can be hands off and just say, it'll happen. I know they'll take care of me. I trust my team and they'll make things just go great for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know who to work with and you know those that maybe don't pull their weight on a team. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, some of those and we all have them in, in, in every state that we work in. And we know those that maybe next time we're not going to join that team or we'll be a little leery on those teams because we know, you know, those that maybe aren't willing to pull as much weight as the next team. And so we're careful about those. So, um, right. and, and, and it happens, unfortunately, or maybe, you know, life circumstances are what they are and, and they're in a, in a difficult situation at that time. And, you know, and you, you pull that extra weight. I know people have done it for me and I know I've done it for them. And, um, you know, it's, it's, 
uh, is, is it pass and repass or, or um, pay it forward? You know, those kind of things. Um, and I think that's important, um, you know, for you to do that with your colleague, uh, colleagues. Um, let's see. And then uh, last but not least, I think we eliminate the fluff. Uh, <laughs> there's a, there, I hope there's not been too much fluff on this conversation. <laughs> responsibility for it. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, tell us about the eliminating the fluff. Tell us that full thing that you were telling me about the other day, because this is deep, y'all. I don't know if I could do it, but it's a great idea. Okay, so I'm not taking responsibility for the term, um, but I learned this um, with one of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Paul Davis. And so uh, we were doing um, a session on some time management uh, skills um, for um, agents and volunteers and parents. And one of the um, tricks was to eliminate the fluff from your schedule. So eliminating the fluff simply means um, you want to track your uh, time, your schedule for a whole week. And, um, and that means tracking everything. Track uh, when you eat, um, when you watch TV, when you um, um, do your, your spiritual worship, when you, um, you know, when you take a walk, everything, every single thing you want to track for a week. Um, and then um, you want to track how long you do that activity and how often you do it in your in your day. Track it for a week and then you want to go back and you want to eliminate your fluff, which means uh, total everything up. And then what you find that is um, taking too much of your attention, what you find is not a priority, what you find is a priority in your schedule, um, you want to assign it. So what you find that is not a priority in your life or what you feel is taking um, away from your priorities is your fluff and you want to eliminate it from your schedule. And so if you can eliminate anything from your schedule that you consider is fluff, then you can realign your priorities um, and you'll have more time for what you feel is important in your life. So that's eliminating the fluff from your schedule. If you find that you're spending um too much time watching TV, you can eliminate some of that fluff and you'll have time for some of the more important things in your life, like maybe family time or um, spending more time with your fur babies or whatever it is that you find is a priority. And you'll be able to eliminate that fluff in your life. And you'll find that you're um, that you're more satisfied with the um, your your time management. So that's eliminating your fluff. Can I can I toss in one thing to consider? Um, Fluff is soft and fluff is cushioning. So if you find that you are so stressed out that you are in front of the television set, it's because you need you need that downtime, you know, like it's that fluff that's helping buffer you against stress. So when you start to trim that fluff, do the overfluff. So if you're doing 10 hours, maybe you could do seven hours because there's a reason why you're doing that. And if, and if it's because you're avoiding or struggling in some way that it tends to come out in ways like that, where, you know, you're doing things that don't really matter, but they're, it's, it's a fine line between mental health and avoidance. So very good. I like that. Maybe along the lines of almost depression. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, when, um, we about like addictions and mental health and stuff like that in the field, when um, we talk to people about their behaviors and, you know, they say, well, I don't drink a whole lot, you know, sort of thing. And then you find out from the family, that's all you do is drink, you know, they're minimizing it. Um, but it, it's when it's, when it's getting in the way or when it's causing a problem or when people are saying to you, 
you know, I noticed that you do this, you know, all the time. So if people aren't really calling you out on it, it's probably not a problem. And then it, and then it kind of gets into the should, I should not really watch TV a whole lot. I should be doing this. And then you start shooting yourself. So it, it's kind of like the fluff is kind you know, it's a tricky, it's a tricky tight rope to walk. Um, and I think having a really good friend who's not going to yes you, but somebody who can look <laughs> the eyes to say, yeah, you watch way too much TV or no, you know, maybe just a little bit take away from, but just be careful that you don't trim all that fluff away and you have no cushion. So point. Like very that. good point. I like that. I really do. So um, definitely, you know, don't, don't trim all your fluff, but at the same time, make sure that you're looking to see that you might have too much fluff. So yeah, cut, cut back in small, in small doses, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and then if you're, if you're a blue, like I am, you find that um, it takes you a while to bounce back. So when you're stressed, you might zone out and do things like watch too much TV. And then when you find that you're getting things together, that not that those hours come down. So get used to your rhythm. So you know, you know, what is a necessary fluff and what is what you don't need. Yeah. If there's a section on your sofa from watching too much uh, TV, <laughs> a fluff. <laughs> yes. Sometimes. And if you've, Sometimes. Seen, if you've seen all of Netflix and there's not mm -hmm. one thing that you haven't watched, maybe you have too much fluff. <laughs> Good point, Elaine. Good point. All right. Well, um, I think we're getting close to the end and uh, we have managed to go through all of our um, points, I think, Heather. Um, I think so. Wrap up time. If we have any uh, uh, anybody else that would like to share or has any other good points to make with um, burnout to avoid the uh, rage quitting um, so that we uh, we save ourselves. Does anybody have anything else they'd like to add? Oh, wow. Well, thank you all for joining us. We really appreciate you being here today. Um, if you've got any questions or anything else you'd like to share with us, because I know Nikki and I are both always looking for ways to avoid burnout. We are here talking today. It's not about us being the queens of non-burnout. We use each other a whole lot, a whole lot of the time in this entire group to be able to avoid that burnout. It's one of our needs. So you guys are helping us even today. So if you have any other ideas or anything, definitely share our way. Um, and then Wanda did send out a survey previously. And if you received that from attending the previous Feel Good Fridays, please make sure to respond. We would love to be able to do some reporting on any outcomes and impacts that we have achieved this year so far. Um, our next session of these, I'm looking through. Don't we have another one scheduled? Why we did you do. It, it is in it is in July. Um, let me find the date real quick. Must oh, I found one. Let's see. I think it's July seven. Nope. It's later than that. It's like the 20th. July twenty third. July twenty third, and that one is going to be on. What is it that you are doing to take care of you? So I know I'll be back with you. Um, Lena Mallory will be leading uh, along with maybe someone else, I think. And then we've got Mary Jo Moncheski, Amy Derby will be back. Wanda will be back. 
And then Tanya Garrar may join us as well. So you guys definitely join us on July 23rd. And we look forward to seeing you then. Bye, guys. Have a safe one. And I probably will take myself off of that um, July one. Because Thank you, Gary, for coming. Since that time, I have...